생긴 건 둥글둥글한데 그년이 속은 아주 둥글행이야 어떨 때는 사모님 행세를 할 때도 있어 지가 <웃음> 맞아 그리고 그집 사람들 통틀어서 그 집에서 제일 오래 산 것도 그 여자야 원래 거기에 살던 그그 그 누구야? 그 건축가 남궁연자 선생 그집 가정부를 하다가 그걸 계속 이어서 다인의 가정부까지 하고 있는 거지 남궁연자 선생이 이사 가면서 그 아줌마를 소개시켜준 거야 박사장 부부한테 이집 관리 정말 잘하는 아줌마니까 계속 쓰시죠 그러면서 집주인은 바뀌었는데 가정부는 안 바뀐 케이스구만 좋은 일자리 꽉 움켜주고 안웃는 거야 그런 여자를 도려내려면 우리도 뭔가 준비를 해야겠다 그치 계획이 있어야 돼 What is up everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to mooch off his neighbor's Wi-Fi, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, thanks. Uh, and no, I, I pay Xfinity my hard-earned money. Um, They don't deserve I, it. I, no. Podcast no, sucks. No, although... <laughs> We'll start off today's episode with a nice little hack. Um, if if you go to the Xfinity store, it is a breeze. Okay. As opposed to calling or going online, it's all awful and takes hours and hours. But when there's a Xfinity employee within throttling distance, <laughs> they kind of have to be good. They yeah. have to they have to do it. So like I moved, I went in there. I'm like, hey, I'm moving from here to here this day, and they're like, all right, see you later. <laughs> there we go. That's the pro strap for today on uh, <laughs> Jacob and Perk's Wi-Fi hacks. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the podcast where every week Perk and I review a movie connected to the last one we watched. Uh, if you like our show, we post uh, pretty much every Friday on podcast services and YouTube. And if you like our show, tell your friends about it and come watch the movies with us. Uh, last week, we finished up our Japanese anime film uh, string with a silent voice. And now we're transitioning to Korean films for a bit. Um, our connection <laughs> to get to this week's movie was uh, the, the classic uh, Bach uh, was featured in the soundtrack of both A Silent Voice as well as Okja, and we just hopped from Okja to, to Parasite uh, with the director, uh, Bong Joon-ho. So, um, yeah, Parasite this week. Perk, why don't you throw it for us? Yeah, all right. Uh, Parasite is a 2019 joint directed by the aforementioned Bong Joon-ho, uh, starring, and I will do my best on names as usual. Um, Song Kang-ho, Lee Sun-kyun, Cho Yo-jeong, and Choi Woo-seek. There you go. Gave him my best. <laughs> um, and it features around a family of four, uh, mother, father, son, and daughter, uh, living in absolute squalor in the slums of is it established that it's Seoul? I don't know if they ever say what city it's in, actually. A big city in Korea. Yeah. Um, and one by one, as they work their way into jobs working for an extreme, extremely wealthy family uh, through shenanigans and uh, underhand means. A um, couple fun facts about this one. The house uh, that the parks live in, the you know, gorgeous um, house that most of the movie takes place in was built entirely as a set for this movie. Um, the set designer who put it together, they consulted an architect when Bong Joon-ho first came up with like an idea of what the house should look like. Mm -hmm. And the architect was like, 
you're crazy. No one would ever have a house that looks like this. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice um, house. I like it. And then uh, uh, Kiwoo's job, the, the home tutor, yeah. the way that they get entry into this family, his vocation was chosen um, for no particular reason other than the fact that it's functionally the only way in Korea that two families of this giant wealth disparity would interact with each other. Mm. That's like the only way it could happen. So it was more a choice of necessity uh, rather than, you know, just picking and choosing. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's one thing I want to get to later is um, just us not fully understand, not growing up in Korea and, you know, we can glean some things about society there, but obviously not a ton, but um Anyway, I'll go to you first, Perk. You've seen this movie before, but what do you think of it on this rewatch? Uh, it's great. It's it's uncomfortable to watch, and it, I gave it five stars. Like, so that probably means if, if it were more comfortable for me, it'd be like seven stars. So, uh, yeah, it's in my mind, it's like the perfect thriller. Uh, I pretty much love everything about it. We could go a little more in depth, but just like three thumbs up for me. Nice. Um, for me, I'm very conflicted and I'm excited to talk to you about this as we get into the review, because I think it's like, you know, technically it's incredible, right? Acting's amazing. The directing specifically like the shot composition, I think is outstanding. Uh, it's very well made. Just like, it's a good movie, like on paper is a good movie. When I think about, I think about this like all since I've seen it, I'm trying to think about how my personal beliefs and viewpoints intersect with this film and i just don't know if i like the themes and i don't really understand what bong Jun was trying to say with this film um and i just so i just don't know if i like it <laughs> like i think it's very good but i just don't know if i personally um like it as a film um but yeah we'll get into that but that that's kind of where my my sticking point is but um like I said, on the whole, like just technically, like yeah, the acting phenomenal. I was I was locked in the entire time. Like it's incredibly gripping. Um, you understand this family very well, and their tactics are, like I said, underhanded but very like clever and smart. And it's like that's kind of fun to see that work. But they're also hurting people along the way. So all that, and then yeah, like the twist in the middle was nuts. <laughs> Absolutely, like completely caught me off guard. You mentioned the acting is great. I agree. Um, everyone's incredibly believable. Uh, everyone in the film is like a perfect casting, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, every, like there are some really challenging roles in here, mm -hmm. and I think pretty much everyone does does their job to a T. Um, the strongest point for me in in this film, considering it's a thriller, yeah, the it's I think. On many occasions throughout, it's like the most tense movie I've ever watched. Like the the way that like the string gets keeps getting pulled tighter and tighter, like taut as a bowstring, um, is it's really incredible mm. and it's really well done. And yes, there are scenes that are clearly put in there to add tension, but it, they don't feel shoehorned or anything. It just feels like natural developments and. Just the whole first half of the movie, you're feeling so uneasy. And then when things start to collapse, it, it doesn't really 
that doesn't really help from like a tension standpoint. You're still just like something's gonna blow. So yeah. eventually something's gonna blow. And my oh my, do things blow? Uh, yeah, just the it, it's not a positive feeling, but the catharsis of the of the climax of the movie is is so intense uh, that it it really just pays off. You know the two hours that you've spent on the edge of your seat, like teeth clacking and yeah, all that. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of the tension, I, I, I think that I maybe got a little bit. My expectations were set improperly, and I think that mm. affected my experience. I was expecting this to be a lot bloodier and a lot more violent. Um, oh. And it was actually not as violent as I was expecting. Um, so it wasn't as tense for me because, like, even when. Like the three of them are hiding under the table and the rich parents are like on the couch. I'm like, okay, like even if they find them, they're not going to like kill them. Like they're not going to like kill these people. Um, But when I thought things were going to really ramp is when the basement gets revealed and we're going to the basement and she's the old maid scream for her husband. I'm like, oh, is he like locked up down there? Like did this rich family have like this fucked up thing where they have this poor person down there? And it's like, no. (laughs) That's just another thing that's going on that is very interesting, but I thought it was going to take a very sinister turn in that sense. Um, and I don't know, I guess just seeing like Old Boy recently, which is like extremely violent and fucked up, like this was pretty tame by comparison. And also just like, what you, you said this is the most um, stressful movie for you to watch. For me, it's like it's Uncut Gems still. <laughs> like that movie. Yeah, that, that's fair. It's that just that, that, that movie broke my scale for like anxiety. Um, so. Yeah, and like, yeah, I think the the climax is good, but also I'm just like, how did the son not die? Like, are you kidding me? Like, he got bashed in the head twice with that massive rock, and he lives. Like, that was a little bit, I don't know. But I did like the oh, ending on. of the dad having to go back in the basement, and then like the unclear ending of mm-hmm. will the son actually buy the house? Probably not. Um, but yeah, so I, I think my expectations of it being a lot more like twisted. Um, kind of undercut it a little bit, and it yeah wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I I could see that. I think maybe you're conflating violence with with tension in potentially an unfair way. Because um, I mean, there's more tension in this movie than a bunch of the Tarantino movies, which are just blood action fests. That's true. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's to do with the structure because. The, the way that the first half of the movie develops, you know, you're, you're already working off of a lie. And then every time someone gets added, you're just building onto that and just adding onto the lie and just building up this house of cards that yeah. inevitably will collapse. Yeah. Um, which very effective for me. Although I, I can see where if you misconstrued that it was just going to be like action through and through. Well, yeah, I can see yeah. like, and it, to be clear, sorry. I'm, well, I did think it was be more violent. I, I think like it would be more twisted. I guess is probably better to say. Like, okay. the rich family isn't like evil. They're just like rich and they're oblivious and they're you know privileged. They're not, but they're not like like so they don't have someone locked up in their basement intentionally. And that's where I was was kind of expecting it to go uh, when we're going down those stairs. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be get really fucked up now. And it's like incredibly like sad. Um, and it speaks more of the desperation of these these people but um like you know it's hard for me to say like the rich family is like the the villain of the film because they aren't really they're just kind of assholes you know what i mean 
So you hit the nail on the head, and that's the point. Because if it does take a twist down a dark road and, like, maybe they do have someone locked up in the basement, that ruins the film, in my opinion, because we've been there. We've done that so many times. Yeah. I, one of the most effective parts of this movie is what you just said for me. It's that the rich family who are posed where the antagonist would be are not, you know, they're not bad people. They're misguided. They don't know how to relate uh, to to the, you know, poor family. Um, but they're not innately evil. You know, they're just, they're living within their privilege and their worldview is very small. So that's what I think makes it, makes them a really effective, um, like almost character foil for the, the main character family is because, you know, you want to root for were the protagonists, right? But mm-hmm. the protagonists are kind of weaseling their way in and taking advantage of a family who, you know, they're rich, but that doesn't mean they're bad. So yeah. it, it's it plays with roles a little bit like that, and that's that's something I think is is really effective because if it turns out that the rich family are some big bads, like you know, Get Out, uh, as an example, mm-hmm. well, then it's like Get Out. Yeah, and, and 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 yeah. So, and I'm not trying to say that it should have been that, but this is gets to my issue with the film as far as the themes. So like, what is the message this film is trying to send, right? Because to me, it's almost like it's sending the message of desperate people will do anything to help themselves, and they won't help other people. They're they're very selfish. But then it's like, okay, don't be poor, and it's like that's not a. I don't think that's the message you want to say, but that's the kind of message I got. It's like, oh, well, don't be poor then because then you're going to be desperate and do bad shit. Like, there's no um, counter-argument in this movie against the situation we see with the four, with the family, right? And when you do, like, a, a classist um, setting, which I think is very, you know, interesting and very relevant in today's day and age, you know, I'm not saying, like, the rich, people, rich family has to be the bad guys or evil, but, like, we we didn't get to see how the family got to the situation they're at and you know i would assume it's systemic issues but we don't there's no talk of systemic issues it's just like we we meet them where they're already desperate and then they do things that you know i i don't know i i I don't think think they're you're you're doing that thing again how can i (laughs) how can i believe that these characters are friends when i didn't see when they met when they were six i'm not i'm not trying to do that i'm just saying that these aren't good people. <laughs> like the the family, I don't think are good people. Like we get we get that scene where they're you know getting drunk in the living room, right? And they're talking about the the mom is talking about oh like if I was rich I'd be nice, and then immediately pushes the dog, and it's like I think that's indicating no you wouldn't like you'd be not great even if you were rich, and I, pretty much I think all of the characters do a, something that they didn't have to do that's like um like bad I guess for lack of a better term like the son. Even though his like his friend who helped him get the job is like, hey, I have a crush on this girl, protect her for me. He immediately starts dating her, right? Um, the daughter. Oh, I thought of this last night, but now I'm blanking on it. Um, anyway, they all like go a little bit too far, and they could have just, you know, had their situation, and maybe you know, just done it. But they get do a little bit the one thing too much, um, and so like I think. It feels to me like the family are like, they're not like evil, but they're not great people either. So it's hard to like root for them completely, if that makes sense. 
so again, I just go back to like, what was, what's the message of this film? You know, and that's where I feel like I'm crazy because I'm like, everyone loves this movie. I'm like, but doesn't this have like a negative message? I don't know. What What do you um, think the themes are? So obviously, the the differentiation in class is the big one. Um, and I I think part of it, uh, it you know, obviously we're looking at this family, and you're right, you know, they're not the good guys, and basically what we're seeing is. Uh, desperation like what happens when you're backed into a corner you know you you fight with no rules you hit below the belt and that's that's kind of what they're doing they you know they think they're at their they're all the way backed into a corner in in the squalor that they're living in and they form this plan and you know once you've got once you've got a foothold they just kind of keep taking advantage of it uh through you know greed and yeah you're right selfishness um, I think selfishness actually, it, it's shown the other way around too. Um, it, you see how everyone is kind of self-serving in a way, cause you've got this family that's pulling off this huge charade because they want to do better for themselves financially. Uh, but then you've also got the wealthy family who are only concerned with themselves, uh, which is emphasized with a really great moment in the like in the climactic scene uh where uh the sister i'm, I'm gonna look it up make sure i get the name right ki jung uh yes ki jung uh gets stabbed in the yep. middle of the yard and is legitimately bleeding out from a stab wound and the son of the rich family has a seizure mm-hmm. which kids have uh, and instead of tending to the active life or death scenario, it's like, no, leave her. She's just the help. Like they, they, li- I think they literally step over her on the way to pick up, you know, the rich kid and take him. So it, I, I think a lot of the movie revolves around selfishness and just mm-hmm. showing that, you know, no matter where you're at on the pole, you gotta, you're out for number one most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a really like important scene and good scene. But I'm not trying to be an apologist for the rich family, but also like they don't know they're all family members. They don't know that when the the driver, or the dad, is like trying to help her, they don't know that's her daughter. Do- that's his daughter. You know, I'm not saying they should have right. been like, "Hey, come drive me to the hospital." Instead of helping that woman, I'm not sure it would have made a difference. But even when we're talking about how they're treating uh, the parks, they don't know they're poor. Even like. The only, they well, can maybe assume that the the son yeah. is, but they the daughter they probably assume isn't. You know, she's like a well respected art therapy instructor, mm-hmm. and you know, even the the driver is well respected. Like, so it it's hard to because it's not like they're actively being mean to poor people that they know are poor. It's like the help, which like yeah, they're still shit. I'm not again. I'm not trying to apologize for them, but we have more information than the rich family does, and so when we see them do shitty things, we're like oh. Why would you do that? It's like, but they don't know everything we know. So it's it's a little bit skewed, you know? Jacob, I, I don't care if it's my daughter who got stabbed <laughs> in the middle of the field or some random woman. You helped the woman who got stabbed. I know. But they, but they established no. the kid only had 15 minutes to live previously. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's witch magic. But um, it it's just... It's showing that they still think of they think of all these people as the other. Yeah, 
No, I, I, I agree with that. All below them. Yeah. And that's what that that's what it's trying to emphasize. Yeah. So yeah, so bring it back then. So what do you feel like is the theme of this movie? What's the what message was Bong Joon Ho trying to, to send here? I think it's just like a cautionary tale on on all fronts. Like people you gotta respect people even if they're not of your standing and that goes in both directions i yeah it it's the the class the class disparity is is like the clear central theme it's just kind of painting a picture of of how different things can be and yeah i i think mainly just self-servience or what is it that's not the word but uh, self-interest yeah. being number one and uh, in consideration. And I mean, they literally, the, the yeah, the protagonist family kills a woman to just further themselves, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about what people are willing to do for themselves uh, at the cost of others. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is just like, don't be selfish, I guess. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I, I feel like their selfishness, while frequent, didn't directly lead to their downfall. I mean, you could argue the, the mistake they made was letting in the house, the old housekeeper, right? If they never let her in, uh, everything would have been fine, theoretically. We don't know what it would happen. Like, that was right. the moment. And that was, you would argue, is not selfish. <laughs> they let this woman in who they had no right to help, and they let her in anyway. Um, and then that led to everything bad happening. Um. So I don't know, but but like one of my my favorite conversation in the movie is when they're on the couch, drinking and things. The the dad is like, "Do you think the old, the old driver is okay? Like he got a job, and you know, the son's like, oh, he's probably fine.'" And then the daughter's like, "Why do you care about him? Care about us, right? Like yeah. that's and then that's the turning point where things start to go downhill. Like that's the most important conversation in the movie, um, and I think it does emphasize what you're saying about selfishness, um. Another moment like that is when their their house is flooding and they're like walking through the street trying to get back to their house and one of their neighbors is like, hey, can you help me like get this? And he's like, ah, and they just keep walking. Um, that's a very rough situation. Not, you know, but we just we see moments where they're, they act with pure self-interest. Um, but I don't know if there's enough like direct ties to that, to their comeuppance, um, if that makes sense. Uh, and maybe I just like things where it's more clear and straightforward, but, um, yeah. And I, yeah. And I'll just reiterate again. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. <laughs> I'm just saying for me personally, it's not how I typically like classist, uh, um, like commentaries to, to go. Um, cause I feel like there's no like positive or hopeful message at this. It's just like, Oh, well that was, that sucked for everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's also part of the point. Yeah, and, you know, not it doesn't get wrapped up with a bow. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, and, uh, well, and this is where I mentioned previously, like we don't know like Korean class structure, mm-hmm. you know, because we're from America. Um, I would infer based on this movie that it's even more disparate than in America, or maybe it's more it's equally disparate but more close up. Um, maybe yeah. So yeah, um, I just don't know, but that's fair. Uh, you mentioned a scene briefly, which I want to touch on because it's my favorite scene in the movie. And I think one of the coolest 
ways that the movie emphasizes the disparity between classes is when they're all partying at the rich people's house mm-hmm. and obviously the rich people come home because of the rain yeah that whole that whole scene just the the setting and the ambiance is gorgeous and you yeah. just got like the beautiful rainfall outside and then when they sneak out uh in the night and there's an extended scene of them you know running walking yeah. back to their place as we you know literally descend down into the into the slums mm-hmm. you know figuratively descending through the classes this this beautiful life-giving rain is transformed into a horror a flood you know yeah. a monsoon uh the destruction of all so i just think that scene is really cool and really effective at uh showing what perspective can bring to things um and then especially when they get back to their house and you just see like quite literal rock bottom yeah the toilet exploding and like water up to their neck in their home Mm -hmm. yeah i i think uh that's you know another turning point because that you're right that's when things had started to go awry and we're you know winding the crank nearing the end but i just i really like that scene i i like the way that it's you know metaphorical and literal descending and and the way that we kind of transition like a gradient from like, oh, a nice light rain to death and destruction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mentioned before, like the shot composition is just incredible in this film. Um, mm. Before that, like you're saying, just everything with like the window <laughs> looking out onto the lawn is just gorgeous. Um, how they shot. Yeah. The flood scene is amazing. And even before that, there are scenes where they're in their home talking about money and like the stone is behind them. You know, just kind of always around. Um, and then you could argue it's a little bit cheesy, but I liked it. When we end the flood scene, the water, we like go down into the water and then the water line is used as a transition, as a wipe to like move up yeah. into like the overhead shot. Um, I think I think that stuff's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was really cool. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, on paper, this film's amazing. I just have personal problems because I'm a little complainy boy. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's fair. I mean, that's literally what last week I said something similar where I think a silent voice. Was that last week? Mm-hmm. Silent voice. A silent voice might be a masterpiece, but I didn't like it. because mm-hmm. You know, it's teach their own. I, yeah. And yeah, I, I see. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of recommendations. I, I was thinking about Squid Game a lot afterwards like comparing squid to game to this because you know another korean project that is about classism and desperation um so i think it'd be a good piece to watch along this if you somehow haven't seen it but i, I was thinking about the protagonist of squid game and like the difference between him and the park family and it's that i feel like he's easy to root for because he never he goes out of his way to never fuck anybody over um and that's you know not the case in this film um so yeah, just interesting, interesting comparison. But that'd be a, a good one to watch if you hadn't haven't seen it somehow. Uh, I, I think at the start of Squid Game, he's doing that. I mean, I mean, once he once he gets to the the games, he doesn't. But yeah, right. I mean, he's you know gambling and doing shit beforehand. But uh, yeah, once he gets there, then uh, he helps his fellow <laughs> people. He's even though it's more like of a super... character to root for. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I've talked about before in this podcast of like I really. I feel like I always need like a character to root for and 
this movie is kind of devoid of that. I mean, I root for the family for to some extent, but then there are certain things that I'm like, ah, can't can't fully uh you know sign off on that. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, any recommendations on on your end? No, I don't think so. I mean, structurally, kind of one of a kind. Thematically, you're right. There's there's like classism is touched on a lot. Um, I like that you know the rich family are not painted as evil because mm-hmm. oftentimes that's the case in in class critiques. Is it's just oh rich, rich people bad. It's like nah, they're just rich. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, other Bong Joon Ho films, um, they're equally bleak. Um, I have, so I've, I've only seen Okja and Snowpiercer, both really good, but again, like <laughs> Bong Joon-ho, fantastic filmmaker. I, it's not often very enjoyable to watch his <laughs> Man needs a hug. Yeah. Um, I just want to, I misspoke. I said, I was saying, I was calling the family, the Park family. That's the rich family. The right. uh, poor family is the Kim, the Kims. Um, Kim family, yep. One quick thing, one last thing. One thing I'm sorry we did not get a full payoff on was the rich dad not loving his wife, or maybe he does. I feel like there was going to be some sort of twist or something there, and we didn't really get it. I was surprised that we we didn't get a, a payoff to that. I wonder if that maybe was like a loss in translation thing. Um, It could have been. I feel like it was kind of just, I don't know, more playful. You, you could argue that it's insinuated that he might be on, you know, at, uh, off on business trips mm-hmm. gallivanting about and sleeping around but I don't know I, I think they they hold off on doing that in in a, an f- effort to once again like not let you pigeonhole these people as villains right same thing with like we're pretty much always we always get to see him being pretty much a good dad and the mom yeah. who is maybe a little slow but a very concerned parent yeah um so yeah, I think maybe they could have elaborated on that a little more, um, but I think it's more just like, yeah, if they had gone deeper into that, like dug tug at tugged at it a little bit, it's you can start to paint him as an actual villain rather than just like the antagonist, right? Um, and they, they made it, antagonist they, not used in like an evil sense, just like against the protagonist, yes, yeah. opposition, yeah, and yeah, they're they're probably using those lines to iterate the point where he was saying where he's like the driver almost crosses the line but he doesn't um, oh yeah that's probably what it was but it just it was weird like the first time he was asked if he loves his wife he was like we'll call it love and i was like interesting but anyway just a little thing i noticed fair enough all right well that is our review of parasite i hope i don't get flamed in the comments but if i do that's fine um <laughs> if anyone if anyone comes at you i'll beat him up well thank you Bert. Um, people are entitled to their opinions before I reveal what watching next week, I have a quick little uh, anime uh, recap. Um, the new season started, so I checked out a few of the new shows that caught my attention. Um, I tried out three of them. The first one I tried uh, is called Bull Buster. <laughs> Perk, what do you think Bull Buster is about? Uh, bull with a U? Mm-hmm. Um, Matadors? Couldn't be farther off. It's about, okay. of course, it's about um, a small company that has mechs they use for 
um, insect extermination. Of course. <laughs> but the insects have gotten bigger. Now there's like giant naked mole rats that are like fighting and destroying an island. Anyway, it's supposed to be All like right. a, a workplace comedy meets mecha anime. And I'm like, that could be kind of fun. And I watched the first episode, I'm just like, eh, no. It's not doing it for me. Animation's not great in the action. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, we're dropping that one. So Bullbuster's out. Second one I tried is uh, Daigo Firefighter in Orange. What do you think that one's about, Perk? Surely this one's about a firefighter. You nailed it. <laughs> this yeah! is a, a firefighting anime. Um, it's not great. I'd give it like a B, okay. but it is very educational. So I'm going to keep watching oh, it. I've learned a lot about right. firefighting and it's like the equipment. They like every time there's a new piece of equipment introduced, they like have a little like notes about it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. And it's specifically around like a team that does like rescue, like search and rescue um, and during fires. I'm like, you know what? I'll watch this just to learn some things, uh, even though it's like incredibly slow pacing and the characters are just like super generic. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun enough. And then the last one I watched, which was the the hot commodity uh, this season, and my God, people write about it. So this this is called uh, Feyrun Beyond Journey's End. Um, Perk, you played D and D. You've watched Lord of the Rings. Yes. So this is set in a typical kind of fantasy world, and it starts off with the titular party of heroes. You know, yet you your hero, yet your mage, your warrior, and your priest, I guess. Um, and it, the, the show starts right after they defeated the Demon King. Like, they just completed their campaign, essentially. And um, the show centers around the mage, who's an elf, and so she lives for thousands of years, but everyone else in her party is, like, a human or a dwarf, so they're going to die within, like, 100 years or whatever. Um, and so to them, they're like, oh, that was such a great adventure. Like, I made so many memories. She's like, 10 years, it was a 10-year adventure. That's, like, a hundredth of my lifespan. Like, this is, like, nothing to me. Um and then the like hero of the party passes away you know, 50 years later and she kind of has this moment of like i barely knew him and she wants to like change herself to become more caring and care more about people and learn more about herself so the story follows her after the events of this and just kind of going around this fantasy world and kind of doing small quests for people and helping out people and kind of learning more uh, about herself and others and it's it's amazing. It's it's a gorgeous, beautiful anime. It's very chill and cozy, um, but also has some really really cool action moments and some really like surprisingly hype moments. Um, and she takes on an apprentice and all this and things happen. But I'm I'm absolutely loving it so far. Um, I think it's a really cool idea uh, for anime. It's it's a typical kind of fantasy setting, but it it works well um, and it's you know fun to hang out in. And uh, yeah, I think if if you're a fan of fantasy or D&D or Lord of the Rings, anything like that, I'd highly recommend it. I think it's a very, very cool show. Nice. So yeah, that's my seasonal recap, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to try to do it every every season. I like to stay up to date with that stuff, but there's just a, a shit ton of anime, so yeah, there's I watch a lot, so much. that's for sure. But uh, Alright, well that is our show for this week. Next week we're going to be following get her name, uh, the mom from Parasite, uh, Lee Jong-un, uh, to a film called A Taxi Driver. Not Taxi Driver, the Scorsese pick. This is A Taxi Driver. Uh, it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, so yeah. Also not A Taxi Driver, the 1950s Indian movie. That is correct. This is, I think, it's 2017. Also yeah. yeah. So yeah, 
uh, a taxi driver on Prime. Uh, but until then, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye-bye.